Broski here, and right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery, with me this month. On the newest throwback madness, Royal Rumble 1995, are my good friends, Ek2Fly, Eric Trimbicki. Hello. Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd. We call him Alo. The ladies call him Baylo. And very special guest making his long-awaited return to the podcast, Michael J. Day, one half of the big day. You can't teach that. Rumor has it. Too sweet. <laughs> Welcome to the show. It's great you're, to have you here. You're not one sweeting. No. <laughs> <laughs> not not anymore. No, not anymore. <laughs> they can't see some assist. I invited no. you back just to clarify uh, whether okay. you're a one or two sweeting. No, I'm I'm, I'm a good brother. <laughs> I was gonna say now you know. <laughs> no no nerds here. No, no none. Um, so Alo, before we get into it, would you like to refresh our listeners' memories of our rating system? Yeah, if it's a horrible show, it's a job. If it falls somewhere in the middle, it's a slobbernaka. If it's a fantastic show, it's a showstopper. Um, I'll take this one first, just because I want to explain why I chose this show. Uh, this was my pick for January. Um, obviously, there have been quite a few Royal Rumbles. <laughs> uh, it kind of would be weird to pick anything other than a Royal Rumble for a January throwback. This one was, I'd like to say this was the night where I stopped. I didn't think wrestling was real, but I looked at it like the guy that I thought would win in a fight was who I thought should win. And this was the night that like I understood, like, oh, this is what wrestling is. Like, This is what the stories are. This was what kind of woke me up at 15 and a half years old to like what is happening in front of me, what I'm watching. Uh, also... Pamela Anderson was highly advertised to be at this show. Smoke show. Yeah, 15 and a half year old me was very happy about this. I know out of character for me. Did you drop a my dog gorilla? <laughs> 15 and a half year old me did. I watched this show with Joey Laugh uh, at a friend's house, not too far from where we're recording the podcast right now. Uh, so I thought this would be a fun one. Again, I think I mentioned this on the show la- the last time when I picked it. This was not the wrestling that you guys knew. But, like, everybody who made the wrestling that you guys knew was, like, on Mm -hmm. this show. They just weren't quite who they were going to become just yet. Mm -hmm. So I thought you guys would have fun watching this one, knowing what all these guys would eventually become. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Such a good choice. Yeah. So for me, I'm not going to go crazy. This was a, a regular slobber knocker for me. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. It brought back some memories. But I'm curious what you guys thought of this show. I got to give it a, a high slobber knocker. I mean, it, 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 I, and borderline, there was, and it's one of those things. I, I remember I was four years old when this happened. Uh, first time I watched it, I was six years old. Uh, my first reaction to Pamela Anderson is not appropriate for this podcast, <laughs> and I, I'll, I'll refrain from mentioning that. But there's a lot of things. You did say she was a, a long lost relative of Trish Stratus, <laughs> I believe. In, in a dream world, and I think at a young young age, I, I, I did believe that. But um, there, there's a lot of things that happen in matches that I think the, my memory has lost, stuff I forgot. There's some connections that, you know, obviously we're going to get to discuss. But I enjoyed the show a lot. There was a little bit of 
things that you know when you you favor certain wrestlers in certain matches that I, I think some performance I was kind of a little disappointed by or some things I kind of remembered differently than it happened. But it was a great show. I enjoyed it. I've actually watched it twice in between <laughs> in between our scheduled Ooh. time. <laughs> Oof. Ayla, what are your thoughts? I don't know how you did that. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to give it a plain slobodonka, too. Um, well, with that, all that uh, breathing over there, I was thinking yeah. you were going to bury it. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I wasn't quite four years old yet. I had about five more months. My bestie's a few year, a few months older than me. So um, a three-year-old three Ayla was probably still drinking out of a sippy cup. And yeah. he, he didn't care about what was going on. It was Power Rangers or Die for, for baby Ayla. <laughs> like I told you guys when we first picked the show, I popped for the first five minutes of the show. For good reason. Because <laughs> you guys like, what's going on? Because you, you don't remember it. But I was a, talking. a big about. double J mark. <laughs> yeah, I knew immediately why you were popping. <laughs> and we, we will get to that, to quote I'm, Alo. I'm that, that cowboy hat was mine. <laughs> I love they embraced the whole um, Florida thing with Pamela Anderson because Baywatch was the thing back mm-hmm. then. Even a three-year-old Halo knew what Baywatch was. <laughs> Hail King was in full form, and like you said, um, like you said about the unique time at wrestling, because as you get like this is quote this is seen, noted as like the the down period in wrestling all all across the board, and it was kind of like it was just HBK, Taker, Brett, Razor, Diesel, and and. That was it. It was everybody else. And that's the theme throughout the show for me a lot. Especially when we get to the road moving matches, like there was like it was like, like who? Who's this? Who? And that, that's that was a theme for this show for me. Because yeah. I didn't know I didn't know everybody. I was like, okay, this is this is new. Now I see why Ron picked this. But like you said, the guys that we kind I kind of shaped up the wrestling that we grew up on were a part of this show. So I, I did enjoy that whole aspect of it. Yeah, Michael J. rating Slobberknocker, right in the middle, showstopper. Is a high end and a jobber is if you really hated it. Okay, well if there was a middle if there's a middle tier between slobber knocker <laughs> and jobber, I would go there. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to give it a jobber. Um, <laughs> that's only because, like like you said, they they weren't quite who they were meant to be. Uh, they were still in their um, transitioning phase. Yeah. Like they were in their like pre. But you know, I you know all all high caliber superstars all all can put together a five star match. Um, uh, but you know, they're all in the beginning of their career, uh, not the beginning of their careers, but you know, um, just some of the matches the way they ended too. Uh, I didn't I didn't really like that. I'm not a big fan of Vince on the mic either. Match <laughs> yeah, match quality left something to be desired throughout yeah. the show. Yeah, could have definitely went a lot of different ways. And the the Royal Rumble had a lot of fillers in it too. Of like old people, they were throwing back. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of really saw the setup for the ending of that, <laughs> for the beginning. Um, yeah, you know, I've seen, you know, I've seen a lot of better pay per views in my life. So, as have we all, right? So, can't give that one too much of a rating, but right. Uh, fair enough. I like. I, I thought it might get three jobbers. When I, when I um, really? I, I mean, after I watched it, I was like, nah, I think there's enough here like to appreciate. Um, and you guys seem to be responding well to it when you were watching it. Um, I think the shenanigans is what put it yeah. up for me. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, that yeah. killed like the whole everything was too long. Right. Yeah. Because right, it really right, right. was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, I mean, Colin, Colin Razor Chicken, and that's what brought him back into the mix. <laughs> right. But, uh, I mean, spare me. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, watching Brett and Diesel go at it for 33 minutes. Like, <laughs> for a draw. Yeah, for no <laughs> finish. Yeah. Um, yeah, a, a lot to be desired there. 
Uh, show opens with Pamela Anderson arriving in the limo with the entire roster greeting her. Uh, everyone thinking they have a chance with her, much like the experience I had with all the nerds that were at that Sasha Banks signing at I Play America. Mm. Everybody thought they were walking out of there with her phone number. Uh, I feel like I was the only one that was realistic about that. <laughs> um, you actually left with the number. <laughs> I, gentlemen, unfortunately for you, did leave with with the number. Um, Vince on the microphone, as you mentioned. Babyface Vince, he would not be that for very much longer. Mm. Um I do enjoy Vince on the mic, not necessarily because I think he's good, but because it's like, how much has this changed? Yeah, like, it is. Nah, if you look it, at it is so different I to hear like him like that. Trying too hard to sell it. Oh, know? he absolutely. It's funny. He ain't no Michael Cole. Nah, no, he's yeah. not Michael Cole. But what he does on the microphone back then is what you know he's backstage doing now. Yeah, <laughs> like right, when when Diesel does something, he goes, "Oh, well, you look at that!" Like. You know that's how he's talking behind I'll, the scenes. I'll get to that later. I'll get that. Later. <laughs> like he's really trying to put over all the dumb stuff uh-huh. that he really likes about these guys. Um, Lawrence Taylor in attendance. We will get to that because <laughs> so, that is sorry about his. <laughs> we'll get to that in the title for this episode. Yeah, we uh, that that was kind of a, not a legendary moment in WWE history. <laughs> an, an infamous one, maybe yeah. I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Show started right off the bat. Intercontinental Championship Championship match. Razor Ramon defending against Double J. Jeff Jarrett with our number one fan, <laughs> Brian Gerard James, in his gimmick as the roadie. Thought it was hysterical. Hilarious. I feel like he, he may be our roadie. <laughs> he sooner sooner he rather should, than later. He should so, be. So, same get up, too. <laughs> the second time I started watching it, I had it, like, queued on the network as, like, um, or my watch list. But it was off, but it was still queued for the watch list. So Troy's like, oh, put, put that Royal Rumble on. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna rewatch this right now because he's gonna end up putting something terrible right. on. He's gonna <laughs> ask for like TLC 09 and he's gonna walk out, walk, leave the room like right in the beginning of the match. Right. So I was able to keep him occupied because the roadie comes out and I was like, you know who that is, guess who it is. I think he guessed Roman Reigns at one point and could not figure out it was the road dog. He was he was furious guessing all types of ridiculous characters of who it could be. Did he eventually guess it or did you have to tell him? I had to tell him. And believe me, he didn't even want to guess the first time he wanted me to tell him. Yeah, I'll give King credit. You guys have heard me numerous times mock the... Uh, what's her name? Sarah Logan mm-hmm. accent and uh, the whole Southern stuff. Mm-hmm. King right off the bat says all Double J's fans are here. Everybody and their brother who's married to his <laughs> sister from Nashville is here. Yeah, I was like, he thank you, be so ruthless and so good. Bill King, so good. Yeah, the the Brian George James was literally carrying Jeff Jarrett's water like in his back pocket. Uh, he he really moved up from being Double J's lackey to just being DX's lackey. Now he's Matt Madness lackey. And now he's the Matt Madness <laughs> lackey. Yes. Um, I feel like. The other thing that you notice in a match like this is they're playing way more to the crowd in the arena than to the cameras. Like, you you mentioned the whole chicken thing that Double J was doing. That was literally just for the fans that were there. They weren't really playing as much to the camera. Um, Did anyone like this match? No, I don't like like (laughs) Double J, and I knew he was winning the title. Um, It it was funny because I noticed uh, a custom figure that I've... um, guy that does custom figures that I follow on Instagram 
it was like the day after I'm watching, I was like, man, Mattel really should set their game up and do a, a yellow razor figure. And then I see some guy went crazy and did like 95, 96, SummerSlam 95, SummerSlam 96, razor custom. I'm like, all right, he's he must be ready for our throwback. <laughs> <laughs> he was getting yeah, he was preparing for it. He was preparing. Um, the other thing about Double J even is like not that he was as influential as these other guys, but he has done so much mm. in wrestling. Yeah, I mean he, yeah, so he, many he's a name. You look at it. I mean, what are we talking? Twenty two years mm-hmm. later, uh, look at everything he's done. That was either what twenty three. Again, yeah, true. That was either his uh, first or second Intercontinental title. That was his first. That was his first? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I thought they uh, queued up that he was going for it again. But either way, he ended up winning it another three or four times. And you look about, you know, how forgettable is his WWF career in a way? But, I mean, he won multiple titles. Look what he did when he went to WCW. He won the world title, was involved with some chaos there. And then starting up uh, TNA and Global Force. Yeah, it's crazy how much he's done. Halo, was this the night when Brian Gerard James first started to bury people? <laughs> he was the best part of this match. <laughs> I, like, I enjoyed him more than Jeff Jarrett because, for, for example, like, Jeff Jarrett, he's like the biggest no draw in wrestling. Like I have disdain for Jeff Jarrett, but I thought that was maybe a younger me because I saw him in the latter portion of his WWE career, and then I didn't care for WCW. So then I saw him in TNA when TNA first started, and I was just like, eh, nothing. This is, this isn't nothing. Then he dropped the title to Sting in TNA, which got me excited. Like, okay, Sting's in TNA now, but now it's like, eh, I wasn't, I wasn't wrong. Nothing there. It's like Bri- Bri- baby Gerard James is more important mm-hmm. than <laughs> Jeff Jarrett in his match. And like the whole, like they said, the whole chicken thing, that's how they got Razor to get back in the ring. Yeah. yeah. This, it was still very much for kids in their eyes. Mm-hmm. I, I like Jarrett. Yeah. Like, it hadn't Pre- grown up yet. Yeah, yeah. pre-transition. Yeah, mm-hmm. I liked his psychology, especially after the whole knee thing that Brian Gerard James did start initiate. Yeah. But other than that, like... I st- said in my review, everything was real long-winded, but yeah. this is probably that in this time period. Double J didn't win the title. I mean, he beat up an injured Razor. Yeah. Yeah, but, <laughs> I, no, but I, I do like the psychology, how it finished with um his knee buckling with a Razor's razor, razor and he oh, hit, yeah, hit, yeah, hit yeah. the inside cradle. I do like that because I think that's a lost art in wrestling nowadays too. And that's one of the things that Scott Hall was like known for, especially before he had all the substance abuse issues and all that. And the the train wreck that he kind of became in WCW for a while, like that's what he was known for was like knowing how to tell a story within a match better than most. Mm. But yeah, not a not a hot opener. This was no too cool coming <laughs> out to to open a, a show. Um, we had Todd Pettengill in the back with in Pamela Anderson's dressing room with all the gifts. Surrounding her, including mullet. the one from him. Yeah, he had an unbelievable mullet. I will give uh, Todd Pettengill that. <laughs> he, he gave um, Yarmir Yager a <laughs> and mullet that would make Yarmir Yager blush. <laughs> um, we had Stephanie Lyon backstage with Double J and Brian Gerard James. Uh, Double J wanted Pamela Anderson as his prize for winning the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, and then one of my this isn't a guilty pleasure but for me one of the greatest entrance musics of all time Ted DiBiase <laughs> the million dollar man the laugh it's so perfect the voiceover of everybody's everybody's gonna pay everybody has his price the million dollar man always gets his way love that entrance music IRS against the Undertaker 
<laughs> and does anyone else think that this was the night when IRS decided to conceive the new face of fear? <laughs> uh, I, I don't think so. He would have already been born at that time. I don't. Well, maybe this was the day he decided to train him to be the new face of fear. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. Um, again, with you know me and my best friend just pointed out, you know, from the opening on how young we were at the time. Um, I can tell you from '97 to 2000, despite being as young as I was then, I remember a lot of what was going on in the lower card. This time period, I mean, this all a blur. Like IRS having singles matches, and even like thinking about matches I've gone back and watched. Like I have no recollection of that. I got a lot of enjoyment out of this because who's to think that the Undertaker would be facing his son? You right. know, <laughs> that was in my know, notes. Two, two decades later, right. he's, he's facing his son. Both of their so, sons. So I actually yeah. got a lot of enjoyment out of that because he fought uh, both Bray and Bo, and then he had Ted DiBiase Jr. No, oh, I forgot about that about Ted DiBiase. So both guys yeah. that were out there in this match, he faced both of their sons. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy that he, one, he lasted that long, that he was having high-profile matches for that, that long. Not that this was necessarily high-profile. Um, not a particularly great match. Uh, I don't think anybody would say that. I, no, I think I mean, the urn was way too big. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what is that? That's, that's, my, that's my notes, too. Just giant urn. It was huge. <laughs> you could have actually probably almost fit C. Kane Joe in that urn. <laughs> Like his actual still put together <laughs> living body, I think could have fit. And C. Uh, Kane Joe probably would try to fit in that. Yeah, room. he probably would. Definitely would. Definitely would. Too. Definitely way, way too many uh, sit-ups too. I think a lot of them. Yeah, at least six, I think. But the best part, uh, the part I enjoyed the most, was, uh, part was that literally everybody had a price, even druids. Yeah, even the druids had a <laughs> yeah. price. Um, this actually the the angle. That happened at the end of this match with King, King Kong, Kong Bundy, Bundy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. coming down, set up the Undertaker's match at WrestleMania that year. I believe that was the match that put him at 4-0 in his WrestleMania career. Um, but with Mike mentioning about all the sit-ups, I mean, that even was proof King, you know, Bundy leaves and Taker's, he's stumbling away, but I mean, like, it's just proof, you know, guy just went through a match and then he's fighting the Druids, puts them all down, and you just... Even after Bundy puts him down, you really couldn't put him down. Was this when um they were using the urn as like his source of power? That's why he couldn't sit mm-hmm. up properly. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, the other thing is one of the I had like five choices for this throwback, and one of them was Rumble '94, which you guys can thank me for not choosing that one. <laughs> but the Undertaker had a, ma- a casket match with Yokozuna at this match, and he ends up getting attacked by. Like, I, I forget who, the, I guess it was Mr. Fuji, and I can't remember if it was Cornette, or like, I don't remember who it was, but their whole stable came out and attacked The Undertaker, put him in the casket and wheeled him out, and he was supposed to have, like, risen out of the casket, like, up onto the Titantron, and I remember as a kid thinking that that was so cool. And obviously, it wasn't that cool, really, in hindsight. Oh, so that's that highlight they always show him on the Titantron with the red backdrop? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, Rumble 94. and But to this day, the vignettes that Taker and Paul Bear did for that casket match are maybe my favorite vignettes of all time. There's like three or four of them. They're like a shot on location, and they're amazing. So if anybody's listening, go to Rumble 94 Tune in to the very end of Razor. I think Razor Ramon had a, had a match against IRS right before that match started. So go to the very end of the Razor Ramon match 
and just watch those vignettes. You don't have to watch anything else. You will be very happy that you did. Uh, did anybody like this era of The Undertaker, or are you guys solely, like, ministry on Undertaker? Fans? I can't appreciate it, because I wasn't watching all around, really. So... <laughs> My I I appreciate it going back and watching it because again I was so young I don't you know I feel like he was so developed in the ring at that time he could go clearly um, you know the, building a match building a feud that was all there he didn't have to do the mic work or anything because he had Paul Bearer so he only got better over time but he was impossible to keep down so there there's stuff you could appreciate about that because that was almost before his time. And, you know, if there was someone you couldn't keep down at that time, it was Hogan or Warrior. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much it. Anyone else, you know, they're, you beat them down, they're staying down. Yeah, but, yeah. But the good thing about him was at this time the style wasn't what it was. What, the style wasn't what it became a few years later, but he could work unlike all the other bigger guys. Well, yeah, walking the ropes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I, like, I don't know if anybody had seen a guy that big be that good yet. Um. Like, he was definitely something special. And I almost think, in some ways, his character being so good overshadows how good he actually was as a wrestler. Like, I think people don't realize that he was actually really good. He was more than just a great character. Yeah. And does anybody else think Paul Bear is underrated? Yes. Definitely. Because I think he is tremendous. Because they don't show... Like, when it comes to Undertaker, those vignettes, they don't show how active Paul Bear actually was. Yeah, he was a huge part of everything that he did. Yeah, whether it was with Taker, Mankind, or Kane, they don't really show him out there. Show him out there. Yeah, um, yeah. So again, not a great match, like we said early in Undertaker's career, but he kind of was becoming like a huge deal in WWF. Uh, Diesel and Brett both had very short interviews with uh, Pettengill. The Brett, I, I feel like Brett was almost like working himself, <laughs> as I think he probably did pretty often. Mm. Brett thought wrestling was real at a way older age than I thought wrestling was real, <laughs> because like he, I think he definitely thought this this was real. Right. Does I, it? Do, what do you guys think of Brett? Well, I guess at the time he was like the the vet, like the old vet. So mm-hmm. like he was like. Uh, I guess I, guess, I think he was trying to be like the the older brother kind of role and try to make everybody like you know get into it and everything and he might have took it a little too far you know, um, but I don't know I, f- I feel like he was trying to get into his role too much. Uh, how far after? I don't remember how before him and Owen broke up, um, but like they had a good stable going and he was he was a you know, uh, just that that match really disappointed me. He disappointed me that night. I, th- I think he could have done a lot better. Um, but, uh, like I said, he was getting long in the tooth. Um, he had been on top there a while at yeah. that point. And, like, I really do think, like, he he believed he was the hitman. Yeah. Like no. he, <laughs> time out. This is 1995, 2018. He still thinks he's, he's the hitman. He does. He's a hundred percent convinced. <laughs> he, he still bleeds into his gimmick. You know, he his philosophy: best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Uh, 2020 comes rolling around. He's still going to be saying that. He's still believing it. He believes all those matches were real fights that he won. But again, at, as wrestling fans, that's why we all should respect him. 
Um, you know, I've stated it before. My oldest brother was a Bret Hart fan. My middle brother was a big Sean fan. My middle brother was more into wrestling than my oldest brother, so it was just one of those things. I naturally liked Sean more, and you know, the whole thing, I kind of was always against Brett, but I always knew how good he was because if you saw him in the ring, you knew he was good. You knew he was dead serious about his character. He didn't, you know, he didn't stumble often or in the mic, but when he was in the ring, he was always gold. He was always dead serious, and you could tell if something wasn't going his way, he was genuinely 1,000% pissed off. Yeah, he definitely was. Um I thought the psychology in this match is probably what the highlight of it is. Let's go with that. Listen, what about how weird it was the championship match going on so early? Very weird. I was surprised by that myself. Yeah, before the tag match. Well, the the lowest drawing WWE champion of all time, (laughs) Diesel. Diesel. Laugh just popped for that. I know. I heard him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mind you, when we talked about Vince, we talked about how Vince was on commentary is how Vince acts backstage now. So when Diesel came out and got no reaction, Vince was like, I can just see Vince on commentary now. Oh, they, they, they love it. They love it. <laughs> they love it. Get up. Get up. Cheer. Big Daddy Cool. Oh, they and love him. And he's just putting them over, and it's just silence. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I really popped huge for that because I'm like, okay, now I see why everybody sees this stuff, says all the stuff about Diesel. Because I, was, I wasn't really who, watching around, so I can't really speak who, on it. Who refed this match, Tim White or Abner? I'll get to that. Earl Hebner, <laughs> best officiating he ever did. <laughs> best officiating he ever did. That actually got on my nerves. Best officiating he ever did. You think so? Uh, yes. Yes. Sean got involved. Owen got involved. He restarted the match every time. Then it got. Then he took one bump, but it was a quick bump. It wasn't over. It wasn't overly extended. And then he actually disqualified everybody. Disqualified both guys when everybody came down. Smart referee. Good yeah. referee by Earl Hebner. No, no grass for Earl Hebner here. All right. So. You've been doing a great job bringing up a lot of these guys that, at this time, it's kind of um, our point, our, our uh, point of view and opinion on a lot of these guys is almost foreshadowed because years later, all you know, seventy-five percent of us here were watching this, or our memories so jaded from when yeah. it was happened. No disrespect to him. How was? How in the world was Bob Backlund ever a threat? <laughs> like looking, looking at him, you said you said earlier, like didn't Diesel he, take the title from him? He, yeah, yeah or, or in a house show. <laughs> but like, all right, eight seconds. So I've made it clear over the past year. I thought it was a mistake that they put the title over Jinder Mahal. Um, for everyone listening to this show, um, my, my name's Eric. Uh, they call me Ectu Flyer on the show. You probably never heard this from me, but I don't like The Miz, and he was the WWE champion, <laughs> at, at, favorite at, champion. at one time before. <laughs> I, I don't understand how they did that, but what were they thinking putting the WWF title on him? <laughs> like, that is a guy that did not look the build at all. I don't know how that's not something people don't reflect on. Or acted. <laughs> I think because it was short. And I think because... Did he only have it once, or did he have it twice? Well, I mean, he had it, like, back in his heyday. He had it, like, lot. young, too, right? Uh, yeah, like, when he was in his prime, that was, like, obviously an older Bob Backlund. And it literally was... He was, like, the definition of a transitional champion. But did he, like... Did he drop size in between? Because, you know, in <laughs> WWF, you always hear, like, post-Hogan, how it was, like, bodybuilder guys is what they were looking for until they got to Brett and Sean. But people always skip over the fact that, like, Bob Backlund was the size of Brett and Sean. Brett was probably bigger. I think, 
I mean, I can't speak to this. And again, I was pretty young when this happened, so I didn't really know a lot of. I didn't know anything about behind the scenes at this time. Yeah. I didn't really know what was going on. Well, I'm actually looking up right now. How long did he actually hold that title? So, so my question to you is: You was said for like a year. You, you said I earlier. Don't think so. You said earlier that you thought up until this event that you know the matches were normally like you know the better man or the man that would be walking into that fight. That's who would win. How could you ever watch like? Oh, Bob Backlund's going out to face Diesel. Oh, of course Diesel's going to win. Bob Backlund's going out there to face Goldust. Goldust is going to win. Bob Backlund is going to uh, face one half of the Bushwhackers. All right, one half of the Bushwhackers is going to win. Doink the Clown versus uh, Bob Backlund. Doink the Clown's going to win. Yeah, I never. Uh, I was not into Bob Backlund winning that title. I will will say that much, and I. I was kind Laugh of... Laugh is either really agreeing with this right now, or he's really pissed that I'm saying this. So, Laugh was definitely way more advanced as a wrestling fan than I was. Um, I think Laugh was watching stuff at that time that was not WWE, which I wasn't until I was an adult. I don't know if it's because he watched with his brothers. I, I don't know what it was, but Laugh was definitely... Or I think he had a cousin that was really into it. I think he was even doing, like, tape trading and stuff like that at the time. Um, so Laugh was a much more educated wrestling fan than me at the time. I was kind of at the point of, like, I'm just buying what they're selling me. If you're feeding it to me, I'm ready to eat it. Like, I think that's how I was pretty much until this night at the end of this show. Um, I can't find where Bob Backlund's reign was. I think I'm getting close to it. That was 95... I hate to leave dead air like that. It was 94. It would be 94. Okay, he held it from he held it for three days from November 23rd, 94, and he lost it on November 26th. Does it state? Okay, but does it does it state which reign that was for him? Like that was his second. That was first? his second. It wasn't his first. Second. Second. So he only had it twice though. He didn't have it multiple multiple times. Yeah, he had it. He had it previously. Let's see in. Oh, no, that was his third, it looks like. He had it in December yeah, I, of 79. I, I love when Aaron's wrong. December of 79 <laughs> to December of 83. So he held it for four years. And his previous time. So, so you knock Goldberg for getting a title 12 years later. But look at this man. He's grabbing t- <laughs> a title every other decade for three decades running. <laughs> for Ron's, for all Ron's defense, it was only for three days. It was only for three days, and he uh, was not main eventing WrestleMania. He was as, not. as much as you're going to love to ha- argue this, Goldberg could at least put butts in seats compared to Backlund. Definitely. There's no way he could draw Alice. Uh, and again, I don't know. I was, I, was, I was 24. I'm sure in the 70s and 80s he did, and at that point he was like a, a Vince guy. He's still a Vince guy now, so I think that there's... He's a Darren Young guy. Huh? He's a Darren, Darren Young guy. Yeah. <laughs> he is a Darren Young guy. He made Darren Young... Well, not so great. Um, so, yeah, this match was incredibly long. <laughs> it ultimately didn't get anywhere. And I wonder how much of this was, like, just... I don't know if, how much of this was neither one of these guys wanted to lose a match or how much Vince was like, I don't. I want to keep them both looking <laughs> who, strong. Who knows what Brett, but like you said, Vin, the whole Vince thing, I agree with that, too. A lot of heel tactics from Brett. Owen got involved. HBK got involved. Um, obviously, he had his feud with... With Diesel, they were the, the the two dudes with added the two dudes with attitudes. 
as the tag team champions. They had the falling out. So I love this because I've seen the um, Good Friends Better Enemies match mm-hmm. 20, 30, maybe 40 times. And I've, I've watched the promo and the vignettes for that match. But, like, seeing Sean as the heel running out on Diesel, like, I have minimal recollection for that. So that was enjoyable because it's, like, I feel like whenever I think of that feud, I I feel like Diesel turned on Sean. But I, I don't know if that's, like, the Sean super fault. kicked him during a tag match, which ultimately led to Diesel saying he didn't want to tag with Sean anymore. They vacated the titles, and that's why they had the tag team championship. Okay, tournament. so that's where that came from. Okay, cool. Yes. Um... So, yeah, Owen comes out and attacks Brett. Uh, at one point, Double J and Brian are out there, <laughs> and Backlund is out there. It's declared a draw. Uh, and then there was the huge pop for, like, the handshake and the hug at the end. And yeah. imagine the reaction to that in 2018. <laughs> if there's two guys that end up shaking and hugging, shaking hands and hugging after that in Philadelphia in two weeks. <laughs> Imagine the reaction to that. Nobody will be popping for that. No. Brock and Kane gonna hug? You know what? Yeah. We're all on and Kane. <laughs> they'll, they'll decide we're, we're both Kane. the real monster. Or, or, or Brock and Braun. How about a, how about a three, three-man hug? Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> Actually, I might cheer for that. <laughs> Kane, Kane takes off his mask and puts it on Brock. <laughs> with, with, with the wig. With the wig. I would cheer and, for that, and too. And then they hug. Actually, to me, that would be better than anything they could do. Like um, because we, you, you'll pop for silliness. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, especially that silliness. Like, just make a joke out of it. Oh, man. How much is Kane on the uh, outside of the ring for that match? I got like over under like sixty five percent of the match. I would say yeah, more than half of it. Yeah, he's not really involved. <laughs> uh, we had another shot of Pettengill in Pamela Anderson's <laughs> dressing room, saying she's, she's changing, you know, right? Yeah, she was changing like right behind the screen or whatever. I think he had to hand her her dress. Um, then we had a, an interview with the one two three kid <laughs> and spark plug Bob Holly. Oh. Spark plug, n- not oh, man. Not great mic skills at this time. Uh, a very young-looking one, two, three kid. <laughs> Bob Holly with hair. Yeah, Bob Holly with hair. With a mullet. And a mullet. Uh, they were fighting for the vacated tag team titles against Bam Bam Bigelow and Tatanka with Ted DiBiase as their manager, an interesting tag team. I feel like as soon as I saw the one, two, three kid get in the ring, I was like, JR needs to be on comedy <laughs> because JR put, over, yeah, JR put over X-Pac better than anybody. He loved X-Pac. He put him over huge in every match. I thought he had a nice hot tag in this match. Um, but I remember actually being pissed about this. <laughs> really? Because, yeah, I did not like Spark Plug or... One, two, three, kid at all. And I was a big Bam Bam guy well, back I, in the day. I popped for this right away because I know Bob Holly and one, two, three, kid have a 24 hour tag title reign. And I'm like, <laughs> this is it. This is huge. I was like, Tatanka. I was like, who's pinning Tatanka? I was like, Bob Holly's going to hit an Alabama slam. I was like, wait a minute. He's probably not even doing an Alabama slam yet. And then the one, two, three, kid. P- pins Bam Bam Bigelow where then, <laughs> then he's been he, laying on the mat for an hour. <laughs> yeah, that I was like, are you serious? After he just, it's not like anybody did a move did, on him. He just fell off the top rope. Yeah, from, and, and from his the, own the from thing, his own partner. The thing that's even more annoying, like that he's got to be hating life. He's like, so I'm basically about to pin myself and give these 
guys that combine way less than me. I'm about to lose these belts that I don't even have, and then I got to go start a feud with an NFL player for WrestleMania for two months from now. Which is going to be criticized for the, the rest of eternity. I mean, that led right into, after the match, Bam Bam confronts LT. R.I.P. Asbury Park. Yeah, shoves him to the ground. This led to their match at WrestleMania, as we have already mentioned. Uh, we had a flashback to Diesel's dominance in the 1994 Royal Rumble. They were referencing HBK super kicking Diesel out of the ring, and I don't think that's what happened. Because the camera angle is from behind it, outside the ring. And I, I really thought that everybody threw Diesel out of the ring, and I think they tried to, like, retrofit that story in there that Sean super kicked him out of the ring, and they were, like, pretending that's what happened. I don't know if that's what happened. Maybe Laugh would be able to answer that better than I could. Um, but I felt like that they were, like, contriving that story that he super kicked Diesel out of the ring. Didn't look like it. but Yeah, I, I agree. It did not. We got a, a Shawn Michaels promo backstage where he basically said he was going to win the Royal Rumble and walk out of there with Pamela Anderson on his arm. Um, they showed Brett and Luger from the year before where they had the, the tie in the Rumble. Luger, what, I'm trying to think of the right way to, to word this. <laughs> like, we say often how, like, bad wrestling is good wrestling <laughs> or, like, something is so bad it's good. That is Lex Luger <laughs> on a microphone. So I just heard the stat the other day. So ever since from 93, so I guess it was 93 when they started the stipulation, you get the title match at Mania. He's the only person since they added that stipulation that's never won the world title. Interesting. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm so, well that, has won the, that has won the Rumble. Yeah, I, I remember being so bitter about Lex Luger coming to WWF and them trying to act like he was one of the top guys. Because to me, he was always just one of those guys on that awful wrestling show that's on TBS. Like, I hated them even then. Even before the Monday Night Wars, I hated WCW. I hated Luger. I never wanted to see him in a prominent position. Uh, I hated everything about him. I hated his hair. I hated his tights. I hated hearing him talk. I hated his mannerisms in the ring. Uh, Anybody here a Luger? A Luger fan at all? Six Five is a huge Luger fan. <laughs> not a huge Luger fan. <laughs> <laughs> I love, well, I love well, Ron. Well, not anymore. In, da- in days like uh, yeah. well, well, yeah, not, hey, look, not look, anymore. Well, like, you gotta respect. You gotta respect. Even if if it's the odd man out, at least he owns it. Uh, I like like real late WCW Luger. Like you know, well, totally buffed with Bagwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big Wolfpack. Yeah, Wolfpack Luger. Like, don't really hear from you. Just kind of like do your thing, Luger. Yeah, my thing is not nobody should have liked him. My thing is just I hated him. Oh, right. Anything WCW related, <laughs> but, Pash is not going to be friendly. But the right. one, the one about. unless it's Chris Jericho, <laughs> and only the one yeah. thing that about Luger cutting a promo, it was bad, but he said it was so much confidence. He did. He just <laughs> screamed at the top of his lungs, right into the camera. I don't know if he was reading or not, but I was laughing the entire. <laughs> Because all I could think of was the uh, the Ron Killing Super Brawl Saturday <laughs> promo. I don't know if any of you three have seen it. If anybody listening has seen it, if you haven't, go on YouTube, type in Lex Luger, Super Brawl Saturday. He cuts a promo on Ron Killings. This is one of the reasons of my love for Ron <laughs> Killings. Um, yeah, look for it. it. It's incredible. 
Uh, we had Vince with a very somber apology to Lawrence Taylor, which I thought was really funny. Um, Pamela Anderson comes out in an evening gown that to me looked like it was fashioned out of an Adidas tracksuit. <laughs> <laughs> With, with the stripes down the side. She, she definitely could have went more cleavage, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I was disappointed that she didn't. I felt like she should have. That was. I felt like that's why she was there. You know, Vin, you know, Vince had no input then. I guess not. Oh, I mean, God. yeah, I, I was surprised by that. Looking back on it, I was surprised by how eighty-nine-year-old Vince still yeah. still is uh, begging for skin. So. <laughs> I was surprised by how tame it was. I, I really was. Um, HBK comes out number one. Davy Boy number two. I think Davy Boy Smith is very underrated too. Yes, uh, that's one of my favorite tag teams of all time. The British Bulldog along with the Dynamite Kid. Um, I thought it was awesome that those two started it and finished it. And there would obviously be a lot of history between these two. The whole thing with them creating the European Championship <laughs> for Sean to have something over the British Bulldog. Um, Quang. One of my favorites, like I said, this was a time when I thought like the guy I thought would win the fight was who I thought should win, and like Quang was noted as the the martial arts expert. It's <laughs> so, like well, obviously he beat everybody, and he clearly was not one of the better guys. Um, does anybody have any favorite bad gimmicks that came out during the Rumble Jeez. match? Hmm. I mean, Dumpster Drossy is maybe the best bad gimmick. Adam Bomb is a bad gimmick. I'm yeah, because every time, like I said earlier, every time somebody came, out, I was like, "Who?" who? <laughs> Adam Bomb. I feel like that's who Bo Dallas is trying to look like. Now. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, Dink and Doink, obviously. Right. Uh, Mantar. Mantar. There was, there, there was some <laughs> there rough was gimmicks. Vince, Vince had a big pop for Mantar. Yeah, oh, he loves that's Mantar. <laughs> watch, watch look at that Mantar. size of those legs. Four hundred pounds. <laughs> um, we had Fatu, who later would become Rikishi, in in the match. Billy Gunn mm-hmm. was in the match. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, a lot of these guys like would be big deals in two or three years. They just weren't there yet. Um, the Bushwhackers, I always loved that their gimmick was to go right in and get thrown right out. <laughs> <laughs> and then walk right out. Even when the second one went in, King said something like, oh, let me get my stopwatch ready. <laughs> and I think he lasted for like eight seconds before yep. Sean threw him right out. Um, this is a crazy rumble because guys came in every 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. And it like flew by. Yeah, it did. Um, final four ended up being uh, Michaels. Davy Boy Smith, Luger, and Crush of all people who came <laughs> in at number thirty. Correct, mm-hmm. I, I believe. believe. So. Um, what did you guys think of the Rumble itself? Because it, to me, it was just just a mess. It was a mess. <laughs> so, when I say like that, as as much as the show was a mess, again there was a lot of the comedy, and you know, a few people in. When you think of uh, the roadie and being a big. Uh, DX fan, the roadie, the one, two, three kid, Billy Gunn, them being there and not developed, and this is before the greatest faction of all time, you know, comes around. I got a lot of enjoyment out of that, but the Rumble match itself was very lackluster. There was a lot of points, and you know, six five mentioned something about this earlier in the show. The writing was on the wall pretty early in the match. Like you kind of, and again, it's one of those things. You, we already know who wins, but it's like. Man, who really who really could last with these guys? And the fact that Crush is one of the final 
Final Four right. and not someone more notable or not like some crazy surprise. My thing is like, and this is what I was trying to think, not to cut you off, but it's almost like who the hell was in there was more notable. There, I felt like there was exactly. nobody notable in the match. None. <laughs> That's one hundred percent accurate. There's a few people that you know were like somebody at that time, but I mean that's really it. No, there was like nobody noteworthy. Yeah, not at all. Cause I was, I like, I like the whole every minute somebody comes up thing. Cause you said it, it went right through. But I guess I kept saying like who, 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 who. That was the whole theme for the whole match for me. And I was like, okay, it's got to be the, the three guys I know that's left in this match. And in retro, like I know you last week you said Cody. Said that this is his favorite Rumble match. I would love to know why. I think just to finish. Just to finish. Okay, because I was like, okay, there's nothing noteworthy. Because like I, I held it in high, reg- high regard because I was like, okay, Cody says this is his favorite match, but I'm going for, I'm, I'm basically going off the finish. That's the only thing that really happened here. Nothing really happened. My guess this was like a young pre-Brandy Cody <laughs> who oh. was watching this in his youth, popping for like, oh my god, he wasn't really eliminated. Uh huh. My guess is it's not adult Cody watching back saying this thing was fantastic. Uh-huh. If I had to guess. I don't want to put words in Cody's mouth, but that's what I would think. That it's either either nostalgia or mm-hmm. that him as a kid thought okay. this was great. Yeah, it's understandable, yeah. But I was just like, okay, what's going on here? Because <laughs> they didn't even really do a great job of, like, selling it. I think if I was 10 to 12 when this happened and I watched it, and if I vaguely... Rewatch if I rewatched it now and never watched it in between, I'd probably be sitting here. Oh, this yeah, is yeah, showstopper! Yeah, 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 this is the greatest yeah. Rumble of all time. Yeah, as, a, as a kid, like if you're, if you're a Shawn Michaels fan or whatever, and you you, you this is huge, and you, live, and you live week to week to week with these characters, you're like, okay, this is the greatest thing ever. But now, for me, in retrospect, but like I said, I wasn't around back then, so I'm like, I don't really have a feeling for it. So I can't, I'm, I can't really speak on it. But it was a mess. Yeah, Mike, do you feel like they sold the finish of this match enough? Did you feel like they did a good job um, of actually portraying what happened? At the time, yes, because you got Sean uh, getting crushed to, like, join up with him, and they were, you know, double-teaming British Bulldog, and you got Sean hanging off the ropes. Like, you know, what? you got the announcer selling it like Sean just got eliminated. And Bulldog's like, music comes on. Yeah, his music <laughs> came on, and then he flips him over the rope, and then he's like, and uh, over the now, turnbuckle. Didn't the bell ring, too, or was it just the music? The bell did ring. I think the bell rang. Yep, flips him over the turnbuckle, and <laughs> I forget if Vince or uh, uh, King says it, but they're just like, what's going on here? Sean got eliminated. So, like, at the time, you could be like, Oh, Huge wow. difference from 2015. Yeah, yeah. you like, what's going on here if you're watching it live mm-hmm. or in the arena? Because, like, if you're in the arena on the other side, mm-hmm. you don't know what happened to Sean. You think his, you know, you got to limit his foot, his feet touched and he gets back in the ring. And, you know, so um, it's it's hard to say, like, now because you've seen so much stuff. But at the time, yeah, I would say, you know, it was very original and uh, they, they definitely did probably. Going back to my original uh, rating of the show. Uh, you know that would put it at the slobber knock <laughs> because of that. You know that was the saving grace. That the was the saving grace, correct? <laughs> Having Sean go from one to thirty. Going through. Did you everybody. just change the rating? No, no, no. No, <laughs> no you saying if he did, if I did, it would be because of that. Look at Eric. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> lobbying for you to change the the rating. No, no, no. I have had people change the rating. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not changing my rating. No. <laughs> you have. I did. I did it the one time. I forget what it was. Oh, for. I haven't forgotten. I don't remember what it was for, but I did do it one time. Um, Listen how he just said he didn't forget, but he forgets. He forgets. (laughs) (laughs) 
He doesn't forget, but he totally forgot. Uh, I know he changed. I just can't tell you when and where. What was it for? But I know he changed it to a slobberknocker. I wonder if they had gotten to a point where they were like, we don't know how to do a rumble that doesn't look like every other one. Because the year before, they had the finish with the two guys in a draw. Then Sean seemingly getting eliminated just to get back in. So they might have gotten to a point where they're like, we have to do something Mm -hmm. to make this different. I wonder if Shawn Michaels was kind of like the first somewhat acrobatic guy that they use to do spots like that. Because like we have Kofi, so, who does something nuts every year and things like that. But So it's funny. I've watched, again, you know, it's that time of year. It's rumble time. So Sundays in the morning, if breakfast is being made, it, Troy's running around the house, you know, put the network on, and he just wants to go straight to a rumble match. So we were watching last year's rumble, which... Again, and overall, it was a solid Rumble match, and it's a phenomenal Rumble match if you compare it to this. But, I mean, you look at it like Roman Reigns. Obviously, I'm, he's not a bad athlete, but he's no Shawn Michaels, and he kind of did the same spot, got thrown over and held himself. I know there's been at least one time in a Rumble where somebody actually got thrown over and I think was supposed to hold on, and they, they it lost it. happened to Austin. <laughs> yeah, see, I knew somebody said somebody you noteworthy mentioned it. He was recently. supposed to be in, like, the last four, and I think there were, like, six or seven guys left, and he accidentally got thrown out. <laughs> Classic. The greatest of all time. What year was that? I don't remember. Maybe 96. Okay. Uh, but I'm, I'm really not sure about that. I'm not confident in that answer. 96 or 97, maybe. But so the crazy thing is, um, you know, w- when you think of that stat, I'm, I'm watching Roman doing that, and it's, it, it is crazy. That is a hard spot for people to keep up on. I'm, I'm looking forward to the four of us being there live in a, <laughs> less than two weeks. Yeah, in a matter of weeks, yeah. Actually, this Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, week when this from, comes a out, week from Sunday. When this comes out, it'll be yeah, Sunday. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, All right, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> right. Yeah, so my, my original point that I made, like this was the night that I kind of grew up as a wrestling fan. Like I know what's happening now. I hated Shawn Michaels at this time, you know, because he was like the jerk. Right. And if you were. The pretty boy. Yeah, if yeah. you were like buying into what they were telling you to like and not like, you didn't like the guy. Yeah. By the end of that night, I realized, oh, they're setting up Shawn Michaels and Diesel to have a match. Like, that's the story. And then I realized, like, oh, this is all... Like, I knew it was the matches weren't real, but then it, like, clicked to me, like, none of this is real. This is all just a story being written. <laughs> so, and again, mm-hmm. freaking four years old, what, yeah. what, I'm not knowing none of this, and I'm, I'm, not seeing it, I'm not seeing this until two years from now, but... I'm watching this and like, okay, it's face versus face, Bret Hart versus Diesel, uh, no decisive winner per se. Sean comes out, he's the a-hole, he's attacking his old buddy, he goes out, he's the cocky, arrogant Sean that we've all known to mm-hmm. eventually love. He goes out there, number one, first time somebody does it, and wins the Rumble match. And the match ends and he's celebrating, and I'm just sitting here confused like, all right, where, where's the turn? Was it tomorrow on Raw? Was it was it the February pay per view? Because how doesn't everyone love him? He just came out there and defied odds. How are you not a babyface when you do that? And it's funny because every time they they play the promo packages of Sean winning for the past 
20 years, when they play a package of Sean winning at number one from the 95 Rumble, they play that package like a babyface went into that match as the greatest underdog of all time and won. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that man went there with the Bible, and he kissed his <laughs> mother before he left his house. He looked both ways before crossing the street. He's dry-humping Pamela. After <laughs> <laughs> it's still, still, a, still a baby face. <laughs> yeah. Um, so th- there's another thing that you, you, ju- you just said. That goes into something I've heard Shawn Michaels say. When he said, like, he went from 1 to 30, like, how does everybody not love this guy? In his promo leading up to the first Hell in a Cell match with The Undertaker, he, sa- he makes a comment about how he likes to stir the pot. And he's like, nothing makes people more mad than when you're a jerk and a great in-ring performer. And, like, that was his character was like... I'm a jerk. You hate how I act. You hate how I talk. You hate the way I carry myself. And you hate me even more because I'm so good. And, like, that was part of why people hated him at the time. And maybe that's, again, because, like, the business hadn't quite grown up yet. Mm -hmm. But, like, that is who he was. It's similar to, like, Apollo Creed in the first Rocky movie. With with that line right Mm -hmm. there, all I'll say to our listeners, if you didn't listen to last week's weekly episode, (laughs) wait on it. It's going to be good. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. Yeah, it, it's like Apollo Creed in the first Rocky movie. He was like a trash talker. He was a really flashy fighter. When he fights Rocky, Rocky makes him fight like a really hard, physical, tough fight. And you'd think a guy like that would fold under that because he's not tough. He's just quick and fast and athletic. But I think that pisses people off more than anything when you're flashy but you also are tough and can take a punch. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what HBK was. Um, yeah, he was my my personal greatest of all time until about two months ago, and now that of course I gave that to Jericho, well, very well earned. Mm. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts on this uh, pay per view on the Rumble match? On this, um, I will just continue to say the Rumble's my favorite event of the year. I'm a Battle Royal fan, and I love the Royal Rumble match, and I'm looking forward to another one and. About a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, about a week. Alo, anything? One of the biggest moments in Rumble history, and like you guys hit on, at that point, that was so heelish. Shawn Michaels actually winning like that because nobody ever saw it before. Exactly. Mike, any last thoughts? Uh, I, just, I just, well, not to do with the Rumble match. I just wish the Diesel-Bret Hart match wasn't a draw. Yeah, <laughs> after <laughs> investing all that time, time. in it. It's like, and uh, it went nowhere. Yeah. And then you hug it out. <laughs> then, what was the point then? Yeah. In but. retrospect, do we all wish that when Bam Bam Bigelow botched that spot, do we wish that the one, two, three kid would have picked him up by his head, leaned him up against the bottom turnbuckle, and I laid the initial Bronco Buster yes. then and there? I would have preferred that. If and that would have happened, would that change sucked. everyone's rating? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine would have gone up an extra point. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing a little suck it there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, hey, if he would have did the Turkish wolf back then. <laughs> <laughs> Turkish wolf. So before we close out the show, we do have Josh Prepaguina, Preptagon Jr.'s pick for the February throwback. I think everybody's going to be very excited about this one. The selection is Super Brawl 6. 1996, so we are staying right in the same era. Sweet. I believe this is right before the Attitude Era was about to kick off. This is probably right when WCW was starting to edge ahead of WWF, I would assume, although I'm not really sure. No, I think, well, no, they never started edging ahead until Hall and Razor went. 
Or Hall and Nash went. I thought I thought they were there in '96. Oh, I'm sorry. So we're going a year later. Yeah, '96. Um, this is a WCW no, show. Yeah, mm-hmm. not they weren't there yet. Yeah, they weren't they there. Weren't. Not to the summer. Okay. Yeah, because uh, I was going to yeah. say I know Razors still with WWF um, at the Rumble next year. Probably. Well, I'm clueless to the card, so I'm mm-hmm. excited. Oh, you want to you want to hear it? No, nah. I do want to hear it. Okay, Period. I, I want to get mad right now. <laughs> No spoilers. I'm not. Okay, so we got... Super Brawl 96. Man, I wish Bills were in this. Oh, no. <laughs> the Royal Warriors versus Dick Slater and Bunkhouse Buck. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Hugh Morris versus Chris Canyon. All right. Big Invasion Bu- match. <laughs> Big Bubba Rogers and VK Wall Street versus Joey Maggs and Craig Pittman. All right. I hate prep already. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Duggan versus Louch Ness. Preps Jim Duggan, let, let, let's get a top shelf. We gotta get top shelf for that one then. Prep, preps want, prep pick. This is one reason. Prep, prep, to prep. This. prep to prep. <laughs> the Nasty Boys versus Public Enemy. Oh, uh, he loves the Nasty exactly. Boys, doesn't he? <laughs> and he's part of Public Enemy. <laughs> Johnny B. Bad versus the Diamond. Oh, I like I like a Johnny B. Bad match. Oh, I'm sorry, Johnny B. Bad versus DDP. Okay, whoa, whoa, so you like something? No, Johnny B. Bad was just he was supposed to look like Little Richard. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and then he would go on to be Mark Marrow. I don't know how Ron's going to feel about this one. Sting and Lex Luger versus Harlem Heat. Yes. Wow. Fire. Wow. Oh, light the candle. That's something. Conan versus One Man Gang. Okay. Taskmaster versus Brian Pillman. Yes, Brian Pillman. The Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ric Flair versus Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth for the WCW title in a cage. What? Sign me up. Prep knew how to win me over a little (laughs) bit with this match. This is a full card. And the main event. (laughs) This is funny. This this sounds like a current day WrestleMania. (laughs) (laughs) It's WCW. It's a mess. It's like an eight match main event. And the main event, Hulk Hogan versus the Giant. Slash Pash in a steel cage match. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so it's a double cage. Double cage. It's two cage matches, I'm guessing. Wow, and, this is great. And then it's the um, the Hogan. Uh, we, the Hogan is the title. No, it's not. Okay, Flair good. and Savage is the title. All right, good. Then it gives us some hope again. All right, so the, it, it's at least shaping up to be an interesting throwback in February. Yeah. Another uh. WCW show. As much as I did hate it, this is not when I was at peak hatred of it. Listen, <laughs> what I'm telling you, drink while you watch it. <laughs> I will. If you watch it sober, it's so much worse. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it will be. Uh, so Super Brawl 6 is our February throwback. Uh, we just got done reviewing Royal Rumble 95. We will see you in six days at Royal Rumble 2018 in Philadelphia. So for Ek to Fly, Eric Trembicki, for Mr. Wednesday Night Live, the ladies call him Balo, we call him Alo, Aaron <laughs> Lloyd. And for Michael J. Day, 6'5", six five. Six five, you can't teach that. Too sweet. <laughs> I'm Ron Pashery, and we will see you next month. Hop on the top rope, by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the pump handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand, this is Superman, it's a summer slam, here we go again, fans mocking man, man I hate my balls, shut the mystery man, it ain't shake the land, off the cell, fans love it, ain't hard to tell, talking madness, awesome well, what I'm cooking man, y'all off the smell.